here we go, our first Zoom class on Masterful Living. It's so great to see everybody. It's definitely a little bit of a learning curve for us with the Zoom, and um, certainly a learning curve for me all the time, expanding the horizons and, and uh, discovering new frontiers. So I invite everyone to come to center here and let's open our hearts and open our minds to infinite intelligence divine wisdom flowing through us and as us so grateful and so thankful to join together in the perfect love that we already are so grateful and so thankful to allow ourselves to recognize and remember that the fullness of love is our true identity so grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher holy spirit self for the purpose of our healing our expansion our clarity we are grateful we are thankful to allow ourselves this time of healing. So grateful to dedicate ourselves to remembering the fullness of love as our very nature. We're claiming our healing, we're claiming our perfection and our purity, we're giving up all false ideas and standing in the pure light of love together. We are willing to see and hear and know and feel each other as perfect whole and complete we are grateful to be in the midst of a healing vortex right here right now whether we're listening later or live it's a healing vortex that we're saying yes to that we're agreeing to in gratitude we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in gratitude we let it be in gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Yes. So it took me a moment to figure out how to patch in the people who were still calling in on the old numbers, maybe didn't see the email on Saturday, and as God would have it, the email that was to go out today, the email system malfunctioned and only about two-thirds of the people got that email so you know this is just life it's we can't uh, allow it to uh well of course we're never upset for the reason we think so we're we're simply not allowing ourselves to be deterred by anything we're choosing our healing and our awakening and uh it's very nice to see many of you. Some, a lot of you have gotten used to the Zoom through your sacred circles. And uh, so we're discovering new ways for us to be in spiritual community together, to love and appreciate each other, to recognize each other. And um, so one thing you'll, you'll notice, I uh, just want to mention that in the top, if you're on the Zoom, on the video, uh, in your top right corner, you can change back and forth to gallery view or speaker view. So some people like prefer one or the other, and it's just you can try them both out and see which you prefer. So whatever it says there in your top right, uh, 
that's the other option. So if it says speaker view, it means speaker view is the other option. If it says gallery view, it means gallery view is the other option. So just mentioning that off, off the top here. And uh, gosh, I'm feeling so renewed and refreshed. I had a wonderful opportunity to spend the weekend in teachings with Venerable Dahani Oahu. So I feel very blessed and grateful for that. And very grateful to, to be able to make this move to video and do my best to accommodate everyone in the switch. And um, uh, if you're not calling in on video and you didn't even realize that was an option, no fuss, no worry. We just, you can go for it next week or however you like, it's all good. Yeah, so we started to talk about forgiveness last week, and uh, we went um, uh, and, and invested quite a bit of energy in uh, our dialogue last week, which was really wonderful and expansive. So I'm going to uh, come back to the topic of self-forgiveness again this week, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, as a Course of Miracles students know, uh, what the Course tells us about forgiveness is it tells us that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. Why is all forgiveness self-forgiveness? It's self-forgiveness because there's only one. And because everything that we're experiencing is part of the collective, the one mind, everything that we're experiencing is an opportunity to work with our mind. If anything bothers us whatsoever, it means that this is our time of healing. This is our great opportunity to, as A Course in Miracles would say, forgive. And um, I personally have come to feel that that word forgiveness or forgive is much misunderstood, and that's a core thing that I share. Um, one thing you may wish to do if you have never done is to check out my How to Get Over It free forgiveness workshop on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, we don't have that many people showing up on the video right this moment, but if you are on the video, then uh, I'm just curious by a show of hands like this, raising your hand, have you done a forgiveness letter yet? Have you done a forgiveness letter? Okay, pretty much everybody on the video has. So that's one of the first most valuable things uh, that I encourage you to do from the journals is to write a forgiveness letter to yourself. And... Uh, I have seen over and over again throughout the years that uh, people really resist that, greatly, greatly resist doing those self-forgiveness letters. Some people uh, will get close to the, uh, the fall of the year and they still haven't done a self-forgiveness letter. And so no judgment about that, but just noticing it that uh, many people will complain and be upset about things, put a lot of energy into being upset, and they could be relieved of it through the self-forgiveness letter. And what I've come to see and understand is that 
many people don't realize how forgiving themselves could relieve them of their upset about another person or a situation or a circumstance. And so it's tricky. It's a really good ego trick. It's like one of the best tricks of the ego is to think that we're upset because of what someone else said or did or um, is doing or might do to think that that's the actual reason that we're upset when the true reason we're upset is because of the meaning we've made of it, of the interpretation that we've made of it. And all forgiveness really is, is that release of the judgment, release of the meaning we've made of it, release of our opinions and the decisions that we've made. And so what true forgiveness is, is realizing that I'm upset because of my own interpretations and I can let those go and I can remember to laugh. I can remember to laugh. Uh, we were talking about that this weekend with Venerable that as A Course in Miracles says, there was this tiny mad idea, tiny mad idea being I'm separate from someone else. I'm separate from other people. I'm separate from God. That's a tiny mad idea. And that we forgot to laugh. And the whole reason we went down this rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland is that we forgot to laugh. And so now we can remember to laugh. And I, I find that very valuable to laugh and say, oh my gosh, look at me interpreting this in a way that's upsetting. Ah, thank God I remember to laugh. And so training myself to remember to laugh. And uh, you know, sometimes we don't remember to laugh for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But if we're doing this work in Masterful Living, we're not going to forget to laugh for years. But when people start Masterful Living, many people tell stories of forgetting to laugh for many years. In fact, one of the most interesting uh, conversations we had in year two and three in Ascension Pathway at the beginning of the year is we were really looking at the nine-year cycles. So you, you may have heard me or recall me writing about uh, these nine-year cycles. Anybody recall that? Were you talking about that at the end of the year, the beginning of the year? Yeah, so uh, just really looking at um, did you find yourself in a nine-year cycle of being upset? And uh, because of the meaning you made of something at the beginning of the cycle and you carried it all the way through to the end of the cycle. And um, not that that was a terrible mistake or you're stupid or bad or wrong or uh, to blame yourself for any of that, but to really be able to take the point of view of, Oh, this is how I chose to learn this. Okay. So, yeah, we can learn through crawling through the mud or we can learn through leaping over the mud. And uh, we're all going to do both. So why be upset when this is the choice you made this time? Instead, if we can remember to laugh about it. And so... True forgiveness is the release of our interpretations, the meaning we made of things, and 
true forgiveness is when we identify with the judger, when we identify with the attacker. Uh, we let that identification go. That's true forgiveness. Of course, the miracles will also say, let's remember this is an illusion. It never really happened. Uh, I find that, and my friend Gary Renard teaches that, I find that that is one that uh, is very challenging for most people to truly accept the idea that it never happened, that this world is completely unreal, that it's uh, an illusion. Because a lot of people, if we think, well, this never really happened, well, then how do I, how do I make sense of any of this if it never really happened? It sure feels like it happened to me, especially if you're talking with someone who was raped you know, or their child died, or their spouse died, or anything that's extremely challenging. Uh, how can we say, well, that never happened? Uh, and uh, I, I find that going there can, for a lot of people, a lot of spiritual students, it can be such an intellectual exercise that it just doesn't ever bring the, the, the shifting into our heart. But the release of the meaning we made of it, the release of our attack thoughts, our judgments, the blame, the shame, the regret, the resentment, the release of that, just giving it to the higher Holy Spirit self and saying, I am not interested in suffering with these thoughts anymore. I'd like to be able to stand back and say, I don't know what anything is for. And I would like to live happily now. I'd like to live without anger and upset and regret and resentment. So I am willing to drop the meaning I made of it. I find that even speaking about it that way, without even using the word forgive or forgiveness, is for most people that I speak with much easier. Just let that forgive word go. Because the association with that forgiveness word and the forgive word for many, many people is it's being in a place of saying, I'm, I'm okay with it. So my baby died. I'm okay with it. I was raped. I'm okay with it. I was fired. I was whatever they, they um, stole my money. I'm okay with it. The ego is never going to be okay with those things. It is never going to be okay with it. And if we think that that's what true forgiveness is, being okay with it, how do we get there? That is a really challenging way, road to go to try and get there through just saying, I'm okay with it. I, I, I don't know people who can do that. That, I, I think, uh, a lot of times is some kind of, uh, challenge that is beyond our abilities. And Tracy, I see you raising your hand there. I had asked you to raise your hand before. I'm going to lower it. If you have a question or anything, um, feel free to raise your hand again with the star two. And um, oh, okay. I am going to unmute you and let's see. Hopefully this will work and everybody can hear. So go for it, Tracy.
So it's echoing right now? Oh, I hear you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it still echoing, Tracy? Tracy, is it still echoing for you? All right, Tracy, I don't know how to get it to stop echoing. Is it echoing now? Yeah, let me see if it's echoing now. Praise God. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, we'll, you know, I just tell everybody who is um, listening that we're going to, uh, we're going to move entirely to Zoom so you can, if possible, so you can move, just call in on Zoom if you'd like to call in on the phone. And uh, the web people can just use Zoom too. So hopefully next week, the week after, we'll fully make that move and then uh, we won't have these technical challenges. But thank you, Tracy. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'm wondering if anybody who is on the phone or on Zoom uh, has done a forgiveness letter that you can really feel it's made a difference in your life, that you had a real shift from it that you might be willing to just share the benefits of it for those who haven't done that yet. Anybody who's done a self-forgiveness letter that's had a, a real experience of healing that would like to share about it. So if you're on the phone uh, with, I, I don't know, maybe somebody, uh, if you can raise your hand with a star two, uh, you can wave and I can unmute you if you're on the video. Let's see here. Sometimes I know people feel uncomfortable sharing. Oh, okay. I'm not her, sh sure who this is. It says Josh. I'm Angela. Say it again. Angela. Angela, okay. Yes. Um, I, I don't know how to change the name, so I'm not going to. Oh, fine. I did the forgiveness letter. I did it for myself. 
and I did it for my mum, for the for the um, situation that I'm in, living with her. Um, I, I like to think that doing them both has, it put me on a jump start. So it, it didn't completely release. I'm, I've been working every day, every day. Um, but it, it was a jump start. It, it opened me up to, to what was going on uh, for her and for myself. So um, yeah, it did. It was a it was a real good uh, push in the back of the head. <laughs> and when you wrote these letters, you were, were did you do a self forgiveness letter? I did. Okay. Yes, I did a self forgiveness, and I did one um, for my mom. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you perfectly. I can't, I can't hear you so well. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I hear you perfectly, Angela. That's better. Um, so, yeah, did, did you want me to read any of it? Or? No. no, not to read any of it. Um, did you have any ahas through doing it? I Well, what, once I had done it and read through it, oh, absolutely, absolutely ahas. Um, and, oh, my goodness. And, yeah, I did for both letters. I, I really did. So what, do you recall some of the ahas that were really helpful to you? Um, well, just the process of just reading them and saying, and, and just, just reading through it and it, it, it related to what I was feeling. And then I saw it on the paper so it was just coming through down on the paper, what I was feeling, and I was able to forgive my, you know, to start that 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 path of forgiving myself by reading through and feeling sad at some point, and uh, yeah, just sort of observing myself from the page, um, and also with Mum the same thing, you know, when I read that one. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. You know, the journey of self-forgiveness is so much oh. about our willingness to accept responsibility for our projection. Yes. Right? So yes. our interpretations, the meaning that we made of things. Yes. That's, we get so attached yes. to the meaning we've made of things. Oh, major. And... Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been. In fact, actually, I was. Um, you talked about Alice in Wonderland, and I had just said that to myself two days ago. I said I feel like Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole, um, and and going from very small to very big, <laughs> and then small again. But um, yeah, it's been. And I was thinking a couple of days ago to actually do it again for myself because yeah, I move forward and I need to, to do some more. Yeah, it really loosens things up. Yeah, that's it. It loosens, yeah. Yes. And another thing that's very helpful is um, Colin Tipping, uh, who has a website, radicalforgiveness.com. Radicalforgiveness.com. He uh, 
he has a worksheet that uh, is free downloadable and maybe we can put a link into the uh, Facebook group. Great. Um, a lot of people really like his worksheet. Has anybody ever worked with that worksheet? Yeah. Um, I'll self-mute, shall I? Sure. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Angela. Paula, if I unmute you, would you say your experience a little bit? Sure. Good to see you, by the way. Thank you. Good to see you. Um, yeah, I got uh, one of his books, and specifically to get the uh, forgiveness worksheet in it. And, um, you know, it's really good. It takes you on a journey. And uh, it's very, very detailed. I was surprised. And um, um, I did it for several people. I ran them through it. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's all I can say. It was a good experience. Uh, but I think writing the forgiveness letter at our retreat was uh, even more powerful for me because it let me um, go outside of a format and just kind of let things flow. Mm -hmm. And that was also good. So I think both things mm -hmm. right. are helpful. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thank you so much, Deb. Sure. Paula, I was looking at Deb over here for a second, and I'm going to invite Deb to share, if you don't mind, for a minute. Want to share your experience, Deb? Hi. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprising myself because I knew I had done this Our Forgiveness letter, but I was looking back through my journal because when you ask the question, I'm like, yeah, I know that I'm working on forgiving myself for everything. I'm and and I remember doing the letter, but I look back to see what I had written the letter about. And you asked if there were any ahas. And my letter was about like my parenting and the, the forgiving myself for everything I felt I did wrong as a parent and wanting a closer relationship with my children. I truly had forgotten what this was, but I did this before I went to visit my children at Christmas time and I, my experience at Christmas was so different than it had ever been in the past and and now seeing this from my perspective now I'm like wow that really made such a difference and I, I mean my letter was like four pages long so I you know I just skimmed through it now but I could, I could see the hurt in me. I could see what I asked. I did a deep desire of the heart in there of how I wanted to change it and then, and then transmute it. And wow, I'm here at the other side with a completely different relationship with my children. So it was Aww. worth it. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It, yeah, really helpful. And Colin Tipping, I agree with what Paula said. Um, really detailed and again it's it helps you move through the forgiveness like it doesn't say oh you got to forgive stuff at the, at the very beginning it says how do you feel now and 
moves you. So I do think they're both helpful, but I love doing the forgiveness letter. Yeah, I really appreciate your sharing, Deb. I, um, can you be specific to inspire and encourage others of the ways in which your relationship with your children are, is different? Your relationships are different? Yeah. Um, so, so in particular, my oldest son and I, it's always felt kind of estranged. And, and, I, and I, I felt that I wanted to um, be closer to him, even since he was a baby. Like, I was, it was just almost like I was holding on so tightly. But as he's now an adult... I never felt any kind of closeness at all. And his partner, um, like they would come to visit us. They wouldn't talk to us the whole time that they were visiting. But then they would leave and maybe text us. And But it just didn't feel at all close. And I did the forgiveness letter. And I remember all the time after doing that, just repeating, I, I'm, I'm, forgetting, I'm just releasing all of my past thoughts about this. I am not putting him in a box. I am not holding him to what I thought it was going to be. I'm not holding her to what I thought it was going to be. And we sat at the very first day I was there, we sat down at the table and, and his girlfriend just started talking to me and telling me about her life, like an actual conversation. Like I, I was shocked and it just got better and better after that. Um, is that enough detail? Like my son, oh, here's something that happened. Like my son is really um, very, he's very funny and smart and he has a lot of sarcasm. And I always have felt like it was just aimed right at my heart and it would, really get to me and I had made these knitted I knit um bars of soap into wool that it kind of makes like a scrubby kind of thing and that was I made them for Christmas and they all started laughing like oh look at mom she can't think of anything else to knit just knit bars of soap and knit soap bars into knitted stuff and my old me would have just been offended or or hurt or something, but I, I, I didn't. I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny. And, and let it go and, and it, there was no incident around it at all. It was just funny. I saw him for just finding the humor in this thing where I would have been hurt before that. Yeah, that's a great example. Two, two really, really powerful examples, Deb. Thank you. And um, hey, I bought a bar of soap in wool for my nephew, and I gave it to him for Christmas. <laughs> so. Well, and, and one of my other sons, like at you know the day, he's like, "What is this?" And and like two or three months later, he says, "Mom, I really like that bar of soap. It's almost gone. Do you think I could have another one?" There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Thing. I mean, yeah. Great. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Sure thing. Something else, Angela? Okay, hang on a second here. After he. Oh. Angela? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. After hearing Deb speak, I'm just looking at my forgiveness, and boy, I did have a huge aha. May I share? Please. I was um, about 10 years old, and I had a cousin who was 14. And nothing horrendous, but I didn't know what was going on, but he was, you know, finding his way and... Um, yeah, I, I, I knew something wasn't right, so I got out of the room. But it did make a very big impact on me. And um, in those days, you didn't talk about anything. I managed to tell mom, and she just said, oh, well, dear, nothing happened. And, you know, it's okay. But nothing was explained. I didn't know a thing at 10 years old. And I remember really, really being so afraid and couldn't sleep at night. And I, I can't remember how long it went on for. But it, it, as I got older, of course, I, I let it go. But I, I hadn't let it go. In my forgiveness letter, I wrote to mum and said that I hadn't felt supported, that she didn't help me with my cousin. I can't tell you how long afterwards, maybe a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, I had the most powerful dream about him. And he died, um, he passed over in his 50s of, I think, Parkinson's, where you shaking, yeah? And I was with him in this dream, and I haven't seen him for many, many, many years, and he couldn't walk, he couldn't get up. And I remember helping him up and looking at his legs shaking and saying, it's, it's okay. I, I'm here to help you, and and you're you're just fine, and it's all good. I love you, and and I'm your support. It was so clear, and I woke up and I just wow, that was forgiveness. I sort of let it go through the through the dream. Yeah, yeah. So that was. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> just reminded me. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. We we. Yeah frequently have dreams whether we remember them or not yeah. that are uh these kinds of symbolic letting down yes yeah shortly after the the, the letter that was yeah. mm. beautiful thank you thank you yeah thank you so here's the thing for us to notice about this it's Going to what Deb was sharing about her experience of her son's partner connecting with her for the first time so genuinely without her having to do anything in the world of form uh, right there in that moment. It just, it happened naturally. And the way she had a different experience of the playful teasing that she didn't take it personally, she didn't get offended, that these kinds of shifts, if you start making them in all of your relationships, in all of your experiences 
which is what happens when we truly live this way and practice this way, the, our entire life changes very quickly and becomes quite miraculous in so many ways. And what we begin to realize, and this is so vital, this is so vital to understand this, that for instance, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna um, suggest that perhaps in Deb's mind, uh, there was a block that she was holding in her mind, a block to her relationship with her son and his partner. And um, when she did her own inner work, she removed the block. So now they are free to connect and love with her because she removed the block. But you see, our old ways to think they have the block. It's them. I'm open. I'm available. I'm willing. They are the ones that have the block. And I can tell you that for decades, I had these blocks in my mind about my parents relating to me and understanding me. And then I reached a point where I just said, I truly am no longer interested in experiencing this block. I'm just not interested in it. And I, I really took responsibility for it. And then my relationship with my parents shifted in such dramatic ways. And I had a demonstration that was so miraculous. Um, uh, it was about nine years ago that uh, I, I hired a marketing consultant who said what would be helpful is if we could interview 30 people in your classes and just talk with them and learn about why they like you, what they would like more of, what they would like less of, that, that would help us if we could have those conversations. And so they said, we, we'd like to spend a couple thousand dollars to hire this person to have all those conversations and then to write up the results of them. So um, that was a you know, big expense. And my dad had, had done this kind of work for years working with nonprofits. He would be the one who did the interviews. He would be the one who would write them up. So I said to my dad, um, uh, I need to, the marketing people are recommending that I have this done. And um, uh, I wonder if it's something you would be interested in doing. And so he said, well, let me think about it. And he came back and he said, yeah, I'll do it, you know, and you don't have to pay me. It will be my pleasure to do it. Probably take about 40 hours or so, and I'll do it over a course of a couple of weeks. So um, we set it up so that people didn't know they were speaking to my dad <laughs> so that they would be authentic and real. Um, but who I went from thinking, my dad's never going to understand what I'm doing to he spent 40 hours interviewing people in my classes and then writing it all up in detail. So that when he was done with that, he had such a clear understanding of the work that I do and who I am in terms of the, the value of it in the world to other people. And 
that that was really that really shifted him in terms of appreciating my work now prior to doing my forgiveness work if i had said dad i would love to have you understand better what i'm doing and appreciate it more so would you be willing to spend 40 hours or so interviewing folks in my classes and finding out what they think about the work we're doing and then would you be willing to spend another 10 hours or so writing that up what do you think he would have said uh no i'll take a big pass on that no why would i want to do that but he he did it in order to be helpful but he did it because i let go of this idea that he's never going to understand literally like it happened so fast after i let go of the idea he's never going to understand so i'm inviting you to in a in like like the, with the energy of a child on christmas morning realizing that there are tremendous gifts awaiting for you to open them and all you have to do is say I'm willing to let go of these blocks in order to receive the gifts that are mine to receive. If we're, if we're walking around saying there are no gifts for me, there are no gifts for me, there are no gifts for me, we're, we're not open to receiving them. We're much more interested in being right. So this, this is the true work of doing this forgiveness work, is being willing to say, I'm just not interested in the meaning I have made of these things anymore. I really am willing to let it go. And our willingness truly is all that is required. And one of the best demonstrations of that willingness is uh, the, the writing of the forgiveness letters. Because so often people will say, oh, no, I, I forgave that. But they just won't be willing to put the time or the energy into doing the writing work, doing the journaling work. And I understand it, but it's, it's, it's so valuable for us to get that this is not an intellectual thing. That the, our heart opens through doing the writing, doing the processing uh, it's the same with working with the, um, the spiritual counselors that I'm training. So having a spiritual counselor where you can be really authentic and true and who understands what you're going through, who's done the work themselves, being able to talk with someone. And I, I want to put this reminder in there that if this work is challenging to you, get extra support. Of course, we can talk about it in our one-on-ones. And um, I know many of you have made your one-on-one -on -one appointment this spring. We'll do one spring, summer, and fall. And um, right now, I'm booked up for the next couple of weeks. But then um, in another week or so, I will make more time available. Um, uh, so don't worry, anybody who would like to do that spring one-on-one -on -one check in with me, you will have time. If you haven't booked it already, just relax. I will be making more time available. Um, and you can also work with the spiritual counselors uh, I've, uh, that are 
been certified, the ones who are in the certification program. And if you go to the, I'll put another link in the, the Facebook group, but uh, I believe there's also a link in your class pages there too. I'm sure there is, I know there is. So you can just go there. And um, I feel so good about every single one of them. And they're all doing the work. They've all done the work that you're doing. I highly encourage you to, and, and you can do it on a love offering basis. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. Has anybody done that already? Nobody on the video right now. Um, but so the kinds of experiences that Deb is talking about, Angela is talking about, all healing is at the level of the mind. So that's where we do the forgiveness work. And it's really the mind that's in the heart. It's our willingness to let go of that interpretation, the meaning we've made of it, that is so deeply healing. And it's just not something someone else can do for us. And it's not an intellectual exercise. And it's, it does take courage. It takes courage to be able to, because um, sometimes uh, I wonder if, maybe Angela, Paula, Deb, when you were doing those forgiveness letters, was there emotion that came up? Was there, did it feel cathartic to you? Yeah, I see Angela nodding her head and, and Deb too, Paula. So it takes courage to say, okay, I'm going to go into that emotional um, vortex that I've avoided in order to love myself enough that I'm not dragging this baggage around anymore. And, and so that as, as Deb shared, she can have more loving relationships and the relationships that she's always desired to have with her children. And she's experiencing miraculous breakthroughs and more to come. Because the more we do this work, the more then, more evident it becomes, oh, there's a block I can let go of. Oh, there's another block I can let go of. And another one and another one. And it just builds and builds and we gather a tremendous momentum. But it does take great courage to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to uh, do this process knowing that, you know, it, I might have a really good cry. It might, I might bring up some things that I have really worked hard to avoid thinking about or feeling. So it takes tremendous courage for some to do this. Um, but the benefits are you will feel more like yourself and you will be so much more available for love. So um, you can raise your hand if you're on the... Um, if you're on the video, you can raise your hand. Uh, I'm trying to think, how do you do that? There's, I think there's a thing where it says at the bottom, does, do you see a thing at the bottom where it says you can raise your hand? I don't see it because I'm the facilitator. No? Hmm. On the bottom of my screen, it says more. And when you press that button, it says you can raise your hand. Okay, great. It, where, where is it on the left or the right where it says more, Linda? On the right. All right. At least that's what it is on my tablet. 
Thank you. And do you you're welcome. know, Linda, if you're on the phone? Um, I don't know if you're on the phone, how you would do that because I, I know I've called into Zoom before and tried the star too and it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Sorry about that. I'll have to learn. Um, but I think you can just unmute yourself on your phone. <coughs> I'm not quite sure. And um, I'm going to see if anybody calling in on Instant Till Seminar. You're calling in on the old system, start two to raise your hand. And we've got a few people writing in. Thank you for that, Linda. Linda's one of those counselors. And um, got a few questions written in so I'm going to turn to those uh, we can always go back to the forgiveness here so Lorraine's writing in hi Jennifer I think these are all quick questions but if not feel free to just answer what you have time for on the class with venerables someone said something about the purification protocol what is that I don't know I don't remember that and then uh, in Ho'oponopono, who are we addressing? So in the Ho'oponopono, the, the teachings in Zero Limits, which I'm recommending that you all read, I strongly recommend it. And I strongly also recommend that if you like audiobooks, the audiobook is quite good. Um, I prefer it um, just because I really, I'm very auditory, auditorily stimulated and so i love listening to the sound of hugh len's voice when he shares his parts of it um, and uh so in the ho'oponopono teaching that's the i love you i'm sorry please forgive me thank you in that you are addressing God and you're it's to me I'm also addressing myself so I'm forgiving myself for the meaning I made of things I'm forgiving myself for making things hard for myself by making a, a meaning and judging and interpreting in a way that wasn't helpful and making decisions that blocked the flow of love I, that's the self-forgiveness work. So it's really, some people think, oh, I'm saying I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, to another person. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's really, we're, we're saying it to ourselves, is how I think of it, which is the presence of God, and so is someone else. So there's only the infinite presence. So no matter what we're doing, we're, we're speaking to the one. Good questions, Lorraine. And then how to raise my vibration when I'm not feeling it. She says, I can say I'm so grateful and thankful, but it's coming out as words with no feeling. I can't seem to generate it. Thanks. So, um, well, many times when we're feeling uh, very resistant to moving on, very resistant to having a healing, uh, we can be grateful for things. I know that um, 
Oprah said in the beginning, all she could really be grateful for was things like ice cream when she first started doing her daily gratitudes, her gratitude journal. Um, I have a genuine gratitude for ice cream. Uh, I, I'm not a big ice cream person, but I, I have a genuine gratitude for it. I, I think we can find things that we're genuinely grateful for. So, um, and you might recall too that um, I had suggested early on in the year to with your prayer partner, exchange daily what we call AIGs, aspiration, intention, and goals in the early part of the day. And then at the end of the day to go back and exchange gratitudes. So I like texting and doing it with my prayer partners by text. And uh, of course, some of you are in different countries and texting may not work, although there's a wonderful app called WhatsApp, where you can text each other no matter what country you're in and it's free. Skype messaging also works. Of course, email works. It does take, I don't know, it probably takes me, uh, I'm a fast typer. Of course, you can speak. If you have an iPhone, you can speak the text. Probably takes me a good 60 seconds to do the AIGs in the morning with my prayer partners. And it probably takes me about that long, maybe 90 seconds to do the gratitudes at the end of the day. It's a really wonderful habit to get into. It's, it's really life-changing for a lot of people. And brings so much benefit really does it, it's that touchstone of remembering uh you may not do it every day there's some days when i don't do it but doing it every day or most days it's a such a simple centering practice and what it reminds us each and every day is that we are not victims of circumstance, that we have an opportunity to set intentions and goals and aspirations, and that there are things that even in a very challenging day, there are still things to be grateful for. Um, I wrote my gratitudes uh, just before the class, and I'm just going to share. Um, what I wrote today, I had quite a few of them, but one is plenty. So I wrote, I'm grateful for a smooth ride from Vermont to New Jersey, grateful for breakfast with a friend and brunch with Venerable, my friend and my teacher. I'm grateful for more friends in the Sunray community of Vermont and grateful for having a teacher who's so helpful to me and so inspiring. I'm grateful for everything I learned. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for connecting with my nephew, Mikey, and grateful for being able to share in class today. So anticipating our class today. Lots of gratitude for the many flowering trees in our neighborhood. I'm grateful I feel blessed, even though there are challenges. So um, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to remember that we're grateful. It really does lift our vibration. So I understand 
Lorraine, that sometimes it feels like there's nothing to be grateful for or you're not feeling it in your heart. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't linger on the idea that you're not really feeling it. Um, it's it, for me, I would say do it anyway. And you're still going to raise your vibration because of your intention. Intention is so valuable to us. It really is. Our intention goes before us in every moment. Even if we're not aware of our intention, we still have intention. Um, we have desire. Sometimes it's wanting and needing. So if we can train ourselves to be more intentional, then we're going to be less likely to be sucked into the the energetics of wanting and needing and craving and victimhood. So it's very uh, valuable to cultivate this awareness of being intentional. We can be intentional. Uh, it really does change the trajectory of the day. So uh, last week I started doing the one-on-ones with people, the check-ins, and um, again and again and again, people said that they noticed that so many people were telling me I'm really noticing now that on the days I have some spiritual practice in the morning those days are significantly better than the days where I don't don't take time for it. Um, a little bit of practice goes a long long way and we're training ourselves to be awake and aware if we'd like to attain enlightenment, if we'd like to have a true spiritual awakening, it comes from being aware in the moment. What, what is my intention here? What is my intention? Or if we've just had an experience that where we come away and we're upset, we're angry, we're hurt, well, what was our intention in that moment? What was our aspiration? What was our goal? And how could even this upset be part of that, part of the, the, the healing, the awakening? So uh, other ways to raise your vibration, Lorraine, uh, of course, praying, working with prayers, the affirmations. I highly recommend the purity affirmations in your journal. They're so easy to use and you can use them any time of the day. Uh, the I am statements also extremely powerful, uh, so helpful, so healing. I encourage you to really make use of those, um, of ways to raise your vibration. Uh, notice the beauty around you. So for instance, you can't see it quite here, but I've got a gorgeous orchid here on the table. So beautiful. Just noticing it, giving thanks for it. Uh, or even just noticing it, not even giving thanks, but appreciating it, you know, which is slightly different than giving thanks. Um, then the whole, the plant, it feels that, of course, as any living thing would, and the energy in the room is shifted. And because we're one, if I appreciate the beauty of the orchid, I'm appreciating my own beauty 
because we're one. So our willingness and the willingness, I'm willing to be grateful. So maybe in the moment, Lorraine, you don't feel grateful genuinely in your heart. Maybe it's just an intellectual. I am willing. I'm willing to be grateful even though it doesn't feel like I, my vibration is lifting. I'm willing to have a higher vibration and to be grateful for my higher vibration, even if I'm not feeling it. That willingness will prevail. It will prevail. It's amazing. It's beautiful. All right, we've got Lori writing in here. I've got some more questions written in. And uh, she writes, let's see here. Hi, Jennifer. After my last birthday, I'm feeling like my youth is behind me. My days are numbered, and I need to get things done. Well, as long as there's no judgment, that's good. Um, I don't exactly know what it is I need to do, but I feel like I'm wasting time. So there's a judgment. There's a judgment. Remember that in time is an illusion, so how can it be wasted? We're eternal. How, we can't really waste time. But I understand what it means to feel like um, I'm wasting my life force. I have this wonderful life force. I have this great gift of the human body and intelligence and all these wonderful um, opportunities. I, I, I do know what it feels like. I, uh, am, am, I have felt that there was, I was not using my gifts and talents and my energy in ways that were truly fruitful have felt that so uh, I, I can relate in, in that sense she writes I work as a photographer and I'm very grateful for my freedom from a traditional nine-to-five schedule and there are aspects of my job that I really enjoy but I'm feeling like I'm ready for a new direction I feel like I am not living my purpose I don't know if it is a new direction in photography or something completely different I just don't feel very inspired. I used to be so excited about making pictures and sometimes it feels like a chore now. I want to make every moment count. So when I have downtime from work, I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. I or even when I'm covering events that I'm not excited about. Okay, so when you have downtime from work, maybe you can use some of that time to do your spiritual practice do things that are self-loving and self-nurturing. That's so productive. And when you're covering events that you're not excited about, you can say to your higher Holy Spirit self, show me the beauty of this moment. Show me the opportunity to be a healing, loving presence right here where I am right now. So you're saying it feels like a waste of your talent to some degree instead of energizing that thought uh, ask the higher Holy Spirit self to lead you and guide you as to how you can uh, be a loving healing presence no matter where you are no matter what you're doing and spirit will guide you there she writes yet I'm very grateful for the resulting income and the people I meet I do feel rich in time freedom 
and I don't do bad financially. After watching the peaceful warrior again on the Masterful Living Retreat, I think a lot about the idea that there are no ordinary moments. But on a day when I'm home with nothing on the agenda, it doesn't feel very extraordinary. Overall, I do feel blessed to have led a life so far full of some very unique experiences, travel and interesting people. And in other ways, I feel like I've wasted so much time. Like I haven't lived up to my potentials. Jack of all trades, master of none. Right, so one thing I'm going to say there, Lori, is that for all the times you think you've wasted, all the, if you're willing to let go of those judgments and say to the higher Holy Spirit self, I know there's no waste in God, that everything, there are no ordinary moments, and that there's so much to learn so much to harvest from my experiences so far and I'm willing to do that now and then maybe take when you have a day where you don't have anything on the schedule do the Vipassana day it's I wrote about in the Masterful Living Journal dedicate a day to harvesting the learning from all the things that you think you've wasted and I, I imagine or I, I feel confident, I have faith that you will, you will experience that harvest and be very willing to experience the harvest of learning from all the things that you think you've wasted your time on and to, to let go of the judgment. I think it will be exceptional for you. And she says... Maybe I am having what people call midlife crisis. I feel like I could ask for guidance, but maybe because I've often felt so scattered and uncertain, I don't trust that I will recognize the guidance. That's so common. And so we just have to let that go, Laurie, and say, I'm willing to recognize the guidance. Instead of energizing the thought, I don't trust I'll recognize the guidance. The whole thing about not trusting that I'll recognize the guidance is really about not being willing to recognize the guidance. It seems like it's about not trusting yourself to recognize the guidance, but what it really is is not being willing to recognize the guidance. It's subtle, it's, and it's one of those veils of thought that creates a block like we were talking about with Deb and her son and his partner. Same kind of thing. We have a thought, creates a block in our mind, and then we can't see because of the block in our mind. It creates a, a veil, a subterfuge. She goes on, this is very good, very helpful, Lori. I'm glad you're writing about this. She says, while I have a pretty good prayer practice, I do notice my resistance and tendency to procrastinate. I've heard you tell others to work with a deep desire of the heart. Why can't I do this simple practice? 
fear that it won't work for me, maybe. I feel like I lack the focus that successful people all seem to have. I think there's an overall question in there somewhere. I guess I want to feel more intentional or know that I'm living my purpose. I don't feel certain that I am. I would work, Lori, I, I would recommend that you work with willingness statements. And um, while there's the thought there that you're saying that it won't work for you, that's really, really common. That's such a strong ego thought. You know, it's kind of like the ego says, why bother? It's probably not going to work for you. And who needs to find out that it's not going to work with you for you because there's something wrong with you? Just don't go down that road. As long as you don't try it, then you don't know if it'll work for you, but you haven't failed. Right? So, but spirit doesn't know how to fail. Spirit does not fail. So that's why just the willingness is all that's needed. Spirit will carry you. It really will carry you. So just work with one deep desire. The deep desire of my heart is to be fully willing. The deep desire of my heart is to, you can just take even what you wrote, Lori. The deep desire of my heart is to give up resistance. Uh, the deep desire of my heart is to feel powerful and masterful at learning and growing. Maybe make a poster. Uh, I'm willing to feel powerful and masterful. Uh, and just put that up on the wall. Maybe make a new poster. Every time you have a day where you're not fully booked, make a new poster. And just as a way of um, being creative, making something, doing something and loving yourself, dedicating yourself to that great love of expression that spirit is expressing through us all the time. And then somebody writes here, a few weeks ago, you gave an example of the deep desire of my heart. I loved hearing that. I was wondering if you might give an example of the divine experiment. Thank you for your work. Blessings and love to all. Um, you know, I'll do that next week because I don't have my, my journal right in front of me and I'd like to be able to, to go over that. So thank you. And um, uh, let's see here. All right. And somebody wrote in, they couldn't hear Tracy's voice. Um, All right, those are all the written in questions. Anybody on the, oh, Dina raising her hand here. She figured that out. Good for you, Dina. I am going to, let's see, I will unmute you. There you are. Dina. Hey there. Um, yeah, I've been listening to the um, Ho'oponopono audio and it strikes me that, um, the cleaning work that they talk about, uh -huh. um, that it deals with, they keep referring to like memories or tapes that are, you know, that we share in common. Right. So is the responsibility that we're taking when we're forgiving, well, in the case of the doctor, he's forgiving like, um, you know, insane criminals, or he's forgiving himself, he's taking responsibility 
for the shared tape. Is this kind of along the lines of um, maybe we all created these tapes together at some point? And yes. now each of us has to recognize that we're all a part of the larger issue. Something like that. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's why all forgiveness is self-forgiveness is because there's just this one. It looks like there's so many of us mm -hmm. because we, we're having individuated experience, but really there's just one. So anything that we hold in our mind is held in the one mind. And uh, we like to think that we're separate, but we're not separate. We are just the, the one mind. And so in the Ho'oponopono work, uh, it's a great reminder, Dina, that in Hugh Len doing the work with his clients, his patients, he wasn't forgiving them for whatever they did or their their insanity, their craziness, the appearance that was showing up. He was taking responsibility for it. And he was speaking to the creator, to the infinite, to the one mind, which is speaking to ourselves because we're, we're that. So it's really, it's almost like doing it in a mirror. So it's taking responsibility for what you see reflected back to you in the world. It's taking responsibility for um, everything. Yeah, it really, it really helped me begin to feel less alone. I, I guess I struggle with that a lot, feeling disconnected and alone. Um, and I think it started to open a, a, a door for me of thought that maybe, you know, if we're all connected with our memories, these tapes, if you will, or whatever they are, and they're, they're connected to the entire world, then you know, they're, they're just, I have to keep processing that, but it seems, it seems extremely powerful. And, you know, I, I wonder where it'll take me as I continue to think about it. Yeah, that's beautiful, Dina. And the other thing is, is sometimes we can get so hung up on trying to understand things that are um, so mystical. How does it work? It's like when I was doing the prayer classes and talking about uh, saying, um, uh, if someone says, can you pray for my cousin? And I don't know their name. I don't know how old they are. I don't know if they're male or female. I don't know where they are in the world. And I don't even know what their problem or issue is. Will my prayer still be powerful? Of course it will. And most people know that it will or believe that it will be powerful, even though I don't have all those details and all that information. And um, how is it that they come to believe that it will be powerful? It's just, a lot of people, it's just a feeling they have just like, well, yeah, of course it'll, the prayer will still work. Um, because even if we can't comprehend it with our ego mind or personality mind, in spirit, we get that there's this, connection that we all have um, in the one mind. Even if we believe in separation, we still recognize there's a connection. And this is the, the invitation to everyone in Masterful Living this year. Naho Ponopono 
really helps with that, I find. And to me, it's no different from the teaching of A Course in Miracles because the teaching of Ho'oponopono is taking total responsibility and using the prayer as the mechanism. And um, it's, it's very much the same as our willingness is all that's required. So in A Course in Miracles, it says that for all healing, for vision, for awakening to transpire, all we have to do is take responsibility for everything. And of course, that's the, the one thing that the ego won't do uh, unless it says, well, I'm a total loser. But even the person whose ego says, I'm a total loser, I've ruined my life, I've done this all to myself, there are still things they're holding in their mind that they're blaming other people. Mm -hmm. So the total responsibility path is the same path as Ho'oponopono. Um, it's just Ho'oponopono moves out of the intellect and it, it really is, to me, it's really just right there in the heart. And so are the, are the forgiveness letters kind of the same concept then? Yeah, it's, you know, the forgiveness letter helps us to recognize, oh, wait a minute, I made some decisions along the way. And it's those decisions that are the blocks to love. So I'm angry. I'm angry about these things. And we start to look at, well, what is it I'm angry about? I'm angry at this, this, and this. And when you see it written down, you can start to go, well, maybe, wait a minute, maybe these are just my opinion. Maybe these things aren't even true. And then uh, I'm afraid. Well, what am I afraid of? Well, why am I afraid of that? We just start to, to look at it and it'll open our awareness and see it without as much attachment. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing it with a great willingness to transform, to transcend, to release, spirit will absolutely open our mind to see aha wait a minute i have been holding this as though i was right the whole time there are some things here i can see maybe i wasn't right maybe the, my interpretation was just an opinion it's not a fact and we couldn't see that for 20 years 30 years five years a week whatever it's been because we were just re-experiencing our past. Because that's the thing is every experience where it's deeply upsetting, the, the only thing that is occurring is we're reviewing the past, our interpretations and the meaning we made of it from the past. And the thing that's upsetting us every single time we're upset is uh, the meaning we made in the past coming back for us to look at again. And so that's why taking total responsibility is the way out of pain and suffering. Saying, oh gosh, okay, I'm re-experiencing my interpretation. That's why I'm upset. This is my opportunity for healing. And right now, I'm not healing. I'm just re-experiencing the past. But if we can say, I would like to have a healing here and not only re-experience the past but use this as a, a a trampoline a springboard to move from re-experiencing the past to healing the meaning i made of it in the past and we actually can take that 
that healing and we can send it back through the past mm-hmm. so that every experience we made in the past where our interpretation was just our judgment and opinion our the meaning we made of it we can heal all the consequences of our wrong decision in the past known and unknown Thank you. and that's why we feel so liberated in the present moment when we're willing to do the forgiveness work and hope and that's exactly why Hugh Lynn, his work taking responsibility for every single person's um, psychological dysfunction, emotional dysfunction, uh, this, this, the, even the peeling paint on the walls in, in the um, uh, institute there, uh, he was able to, through his work, it all transformed. Because he took responsibility for all of it, and he forgave himself. So the, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. In the, I'm sorry, he's taking responsibility for it. And I know some people have trouble saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, Because they think of it as an uh, I am statement. I get that. But what does the I'm sorry mean? If you think of it as I'm taking responsibility for this. And then the uh, please forgive me is really, I'm willing to release the judgment against myself for this. All judgment. I'm willing to release all judgment. That's the please forgive me. Release the judgment. And then um, thank you is accepting that the healing has happen and nothing more needs to be done that this is all that needs to be done thank you i'm grateful and then uh i love you uh, i put i love you at the front but uh the, the whole point of you know, teaching is to put it at the end but i i like to start at the i love you um and so the i love you is really it's that it's that total forgiveness it's the total release and um boy i know so many people in masterful living that have had tremendous transformation through using that practice yeah thank you thank you for bringing that up Tina. So we're at time here. Now here's the challenge. I don't know if it's going to work to play a song into uh, the um, Zoom. I haven't tried that yet. So I'm not going to try that this week. Um, I'll I'll play around with that for next week. Uh, Do you like the songs? Yeah, do you like the songs? Okay like the songs a lot. Um, thank you. That's nice. I like the songs too. Um, I appreciate your, your willingness to go on this journey with me. 
of shifting the technology. Um, it seems worthwhile. For those of you who are on the video, does it feel worthwhile to you? Yes, okay, pretty much. All right, so thank you. And um, I can tell you, we, we, we really, we switched to the video last uh, fall for the year two and three and Ascension Pathways. And boy, it just really brought so much more intimacy to our classroom and um, uh, everybody pretty much liked it. They really did. So uh, just, but it does take a moment to adjust because uh, a lot of people are used to listening and multitasking. So it helps decrease the multitasking, which means people are more present and um and people become aware like oh now now i'm not, probably not going to eat my supper uh while i'm on video and things like that or um uh, we even had somebody who their their roommate walked into the um into the video in their underwear and that was a surprise a little extra bonus there so um <laughs> So yeah, just it's uh, it's a little bit different, but um, feels really worth doing. So I appreciate your willingness. It's tremendous. We are healing together. All right, so here we go. I'm gonna say a prayer, and let's take that breath of love and gratitude. Just feeling so very grateful for our our community so grateful for our collective willingness that perhaps when one person has resistance and reluctance in one part of the world and another one of us has great willingness that because we're working together and we're all one that we're we're sharing the healing the learning the trajectory that when one is lifted, all are lifted. And that one person's willingness is so much more powerful than even 20 people's resistance and reluctance. So we're grateful and thankful to join together to remember the truth about ourselves and to consciously attune to the higher Holy Spirit self grateful and thankful that we can have a healing that we are having a healing that we are shifting that we're allowing ourselves to let go of the baggage of the past and we're willing to develop and cultivate this great trust and faith we're willing to let go of punishing ourselves or thinking that god is a punisher we're making a holy offering of all false beliefs and we are grateful and thankful to claim our healing, to share it with our friends, our family, our co-workers. All beings are lifted. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to have a beautiful life, a prosperous life, healing the body temple, the emotional body, the mental body, the etheric body. We're allowing healing at all levels. In gratitude, we give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.